Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be in the book of Genesis, chapter 16, verses 1 through 16. The title of this sermon is, You Are the God Who Sees. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. I thought we had where we were there but apparently I, w- I was the only one there you didn't get it so after 37 years I thought we both just went and that we both just got it at the same time we didn't get it at the same time it's okay maybe after 40 years we'll get it you know? it's not you it's this is not you but Proverbs 27 15 a continual dripping on a very rainy day is a contentious wife or alike I don't know what Solomon had going on, man, but he had a lot of women, so and a lot of wives, and so. But he wrote that a continual dripping on a very rainy day is contentious women are, are like. But I can tell you, it doesn't have to be a woman. It can be somebody in the church that way, where it's just continual, like you can't do anything right. It's just negative all the time, over and over and over, and it's like whatever you do, I, I can't, I can't please you, and it's not my job to please you anyway, right? That's God's. I heard something that Pastor um, Carlos said in his teaching Sunday. God, God's forgiveness forgets. God's forgiveness forgets. Meaning that when we have something come up, whether it's in church family or it's family, when that conflict happens, are you going to bring everything back up again? Because that's not God's forgiveness because God's forgiveness forgets. That's hard to do. But we need to pray that we can do that, right? We need to pray that we can do that. The other thing we do is we simply just run away. I want a divorce. I don't want to be around you. You just take off. And, and that happens, where whether it's separation or, or whatever. And so what ends up happening is you end up separating yourself from the situation, separating yourself from the family or the children, and and that's the response. You just you just run away from it. And can I tell you, I I've from somebody who suffered PTSD, and I didn't know I had it, but from somebody who had suffered it for a long time, I ran away from it. And do you know what? Whether I was in Hawaii, or whether I was in Georgia, or whether I was in San Antonio, it always crept back up. I had to deal with it. I had to deal with it. I was trying to run from it. And I was trying to feed it to try to keep it from bothering me and try to put it back in the back of my head. And I could be at a gas station 
and as soon as I hear that diesel truck and smell that diesel fuel, it was like I could see the desert all over again. And that's that's what we do. We run from it. We run from it. I and and you know what? I I think the reason why my three brothers were not real close, we ran from our problems. We ran out the house as quickly as we could. Both my brothers, as soon as they graduated, the next day they, they moved out. They were on their way to the Air Force. We were married, and we left the the next day. We ran. I didn't deal with the problem with my mom. I think I didn't deal with that until my 40s. So I'm speaking from experience. But now understand, all that I just talked about was before Christ. <laughs> I didn't have God. Now I run to God. That should be your first response. Run into the presence of God. This is what Sarah didn't do. This is what Abram didn't do. This is what Hagar didn't do. She's running. She's not running to God. She's running. Right? And so that's important for us to see. But there are some things that we do do that are positive. Right? A lot of times when we, and I've met people that have done this, when they go through great tragedy, I, you know, Brandon and them, their family, they persevere through the difficulty. I watched that family as Louis passed away with cancer. They were, they were lifting everybody else up. Miss Yoli and Brandon and Mindy, like people are falling apart. And they're encouraging them and praying with them. And it's like, how? I, I wasn't in, we were what, maybe five years walking with the Lord, maybe six years. And it blew me away. I had never seen anything like that. James chapter 1 verse 4 says, But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So God knows what you're lacking. And so the trials and the things that we go through is to help make us more like Him. And some people embrace that. And, and it, it takes them a little more time to get to that, and I get it. But the thing is, is when families going through pain and hardship... When they don't give up, it actually makes the family stronger and the bond of the family because the, the bond is based upon the, the word of God. All right. The other thing we see is they overcome evil with good. Romans chapter 12, verse 21 says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So instead of being negative, right, how many, how many of us have families like as soon as something happens? I don't know if y'all have ever seen the... Um, I have a, I have one child that's like the Saturday Night Live video, and it's a Debbie Downer. It's like no matter what's going on, there's always just a negative thing that's happening. Uh, they never see it in a positive light sometimes. That's changed over time. But the thing is, is like do we look at it in a way where we go, you know what, let's pray for this. Let's, let's, let's continue to serve in this. Let's continue to forgive those that have hurt us negatively, right? And we'll overcome this evil with good. And that's, that should be our response. And so we need to avoid those negative responses and have positive responses when we go through things. And, and so um, verse 8 says, And he said to Hagar, the maid, Where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarah. So the angel of the Lord showed up and asked Hagar a few questions. So he knows the answers already. But he wants to hear it from her. He wants to hear what's on her heart. He wants her to confess what's going on. 
Because she's just as much a part of this mess as they are. Okay? She really is. She could have said no. And it's the same questioning that we see that God asks, and, and this is the beauty of God, is he asks the same thing to Adam in Genesis 3.11. Have you eaten of the, the, from the tree that I've commanded you not to eat from? He's like he's already answering the question. He already knows what's happened. I already know what happens, but I want to hear it from you. And that's the truth. So when things, conflict happens, he wants to hear from you. Okay? So if you go, well, you know what? It's not my fault. It's not, I didn't do anything. It's his fault. No, God wants you both to be transparent in the marriage. Both of you. You have to be transparent. God wants to hear from both of you. If there's something you confess, you need to confess, you confess it. If there's something you need to pray for, again, get into the presence of God. That should be our approach as we deal with things. But we have to continually to confess the problems that we're struggling with. Keep going to Him with them. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Cast in all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. So it's like, I love that because He says, not casting some of your care, all, everything. Just give it to me. I got you. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 19, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive, our, forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God cares like when, when he, he, he's there to help you and he's like whatever, whatever anxiety that you're going through, whatever, whatever thing that's happening that's on your heart, whatever's happened within the family, whatever happened within the church family, he's like, look, come to me. Come to me. But sadly, what happens is people aren't transparent. And, and that's even in some people's marriages. You keep it all in, even with God. Like, you don't even have that conversation with God. And, and we, we have to, like, at the end of the day, I'm not saying, again, I've, I've told you all this before. Your, your, your vertical relationship is the most important thing but god needs to know what's happening in your in your horizontal relationships too your sister did this or your mom did that or be honest she hurt me and i'm upset because he's trying to deal with your anger god's forgiveness forgets as my son said today <laughs> the little wisdom of a 21 year old as he was upset with somebody he said the holy spirit only gave, gave him 70 times 70 and he knew at that moment, okay, Lord, I need to forgive that person. It's the reality of it. You know, it, again, First John chapter 4, verse 20, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love a God whom he has not seen? Verse 9, uh, the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. The angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants. So this is another promise here. Your descendants exceedingly so that they shall, not, uh, they shall not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child and shall bear a son and you shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man. And every man against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all brethren. So the first thing he tells him, and this is hard, right? Return to your mistress. This is the problem that a lot of people have. Wait a minute, that person is hurting me. Despising me, treating me harshly. You want me to do what? 
again, is he your Lord? Are you going to follow what he's telling you to do? Because, again, it, this is one of the things that's really hard. It's, it's, you know, God calls her to go back. And God gives her a promise and is like, hey, you're going to have a, a kid named Ishmael. And he's going to be a wild donkey of a man. And, and, and so that's the reality of where they're at. But God's blessing her through her submission and her obedience as she goes back. And so one of the things that we learn from this is when we're dealing with conflict, submitting to God's will means forgiving a family member who hurts us. Now, I'm not telling you this is very important that you get. If you've been abused by the person, you don't go back. The first thing you need to do is get help. And the police need to get involved. That's number two. You need counseling. And, and he needs jail or, or counseling. And then if you decide, I want to try, if God's put that on your heart to try to mend this, again, I'm going to recommend that y'all have marriage counseling before y'all go any further. But if you've been physically abused or sexually abused as a child, forgiving a family member is not meaning that you go and I'm going to go spend time with that person. You don't have to. You just ask God for forgiveness. Like, Lord, help, help me remove this from my heart and my mind. Lord, that person belongs to you. Do with him as you will. That's it. Right. But we don't we don't see it in that manner sometimes. But we need to make sure we get that because he does tell Hagar to go back. This is a difficult situation she's going back to. Right. And how many of us, if we're honest, would do it? Oh, no, God. I think I'll take the, the blessing of the multiplication of the people, but I'm not going back to her. You know how she treated me. Right. That's how we are. That's how we get. We also, we submit to God's will, we could, uh, that means submitting to a family member, even when they're wrong or unjust. So this gets into something really difficult because this is dealing with husbands. Now, husbands are to lead their homes. You may have had a disagreement and an argument, and you may feel like the way he's leading is unjust, but God has given you that husband and he is leading. But we submit to one another, right? So there should be love there from one another before you submit to him. And so many times when God will call us to submit is to resolve. The reason he does that is to resolve the conflict. So it doesn't become one of these things that oh, I can't stand that family member. They're going to Thanksgiving. I ain't going. And that's been going on for 20 years. You're not resolving the conflict. And you know what happens? You start finding other things to be mad at them about because you're so angry. You hear something or they did something and they go, oh, I knew it. And then that becomes part of your anger, too, because you're not resolving it. So many of God's will may uh, mean that you faithfully endure a difficult situation or relationship. There could be somebody in the church that you have to tolerate. You have to see them every week. You tolerate them. Remember we talked about that in Ephesians, right? But you ain't you ain't spending time. It's not like y'all going on vacation and stuff. Because it's like, hey, brother, I love you. I'll pray for you. Pray for you and your family. God bless you. I hope y'all have a wonderful, wonderful day. Because you already kind of know where the conflict is going to be. And so you just, hey, we we tolerate each other. I'll submit to that relationship. It's hard for people to do this. 
In James chapter 1, we read that verse, let pers perseverance finish its work so that you may be, may be uh, mature and complete, not lacking anything. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. You're submitting to God. And you know what happens when you submit to God? Blessing. There'll be a blessing. Because you're being obedient. Verse 13, Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees, which is El Roy. Uh, for, she ha ha for she said, Have I also here seen, uh, seen him who sees him, or sees me, excuse me. Uh, therefore, I, uh, the well was called, and I'm not going to, uh, I know I'm going to mess that one up. Observe it between Kadesh and Bered, and so Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named the son whom Hagar bore Ishmael. And Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. And so after God speaks to Hagar, she calls uh, Hagar, she, she says, you are the God who sees me. And and we need to remember that the word that's used here is the first time it's used in the Bible is uh, El Roy, the God who sees. And so we need to remember that, that it's the God that sees and knows everything and everybody and understands everything that you're going through because he's omniscient, right? And and we forget that. And and so we we need to be reminded of that. And and the word Roy is in, in uh, translated in the Hebrew actually means shepherd. So God is seeing, God is looking, and God is gazing, just like a shepherd, right? Just like a shepherd. I love that. Matthew chapter six verse twenty six says, "Look at the birds of the air; they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they?" And Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, And we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. And then finally, we know that God even knows the number of our hairs in Luke chapter 12, verse 7, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not, do, do not fear, therefore, you are more value than the sparrows. And then finally, Psalm 56, 8 your number, your number, my wanderings, put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? He knows what you're going through. He's not unaware of what you're going through. He will provide you peace and comfort, but you have to stay within the presence of God. Don't be like Hagar and just take off, right? That's, that's for, for us who have been in conflict. Me and Teresa lived in conflict in our marriage for 22 years. She shut down. I mean, she would not talk. And so it would lead me to the result of, I got to get louder. So she has to talk because she's like, you're going to drive everybody in the house crazy. And you're, this has to stop. I would just get louder and louder. That's not a good way to resolve conflict. And we don't do it that way no more. And I, I know marriages where women would just take off running. Men would run to the bar. That's, that was the reality of it. Don't shut down. Don't take off. Don't, don't be the dripping. Now, men, you can do the same thing where you're just as no annoying as a dripping faucet because you're just nagging, 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 nagging to try to, like, hey, if she tells me I need a little more time, I have to give her that. Can I do that? Right? A lot of times we won't want to do that. So here's some application. 
So after hearing all of this, what is your normal response when trial and conflict comes into your life? And how do you handle it? Do you handle it in a biblical, godly way? And then in what ways does, does God often call us to submit to him in the midst of family conflict and difficulty? Do we do it? When God is asking you to submit, will you do it? Now, men automatically think, oh, okay, that's our verse. Uh, no, will you submit to God when you're wrong? All of us. When he's trying to reach us, talk to us, will we submit? Would you stop or keep running? Because at least Hagar stopped, right? And talked and confessed what was going on in her heart. She didn't keep going. And, and the last one is, is just something I, I you know, was thinking of. Is, is there something that hinders you from confessing and bringing the problem to God or others? Right? You have to be transparent. There has to be somebody. I'm not telling you your business has to be on the street. But there has to be somebody that can pray for you. There has to be somebody that you can that you know they're going to give you biblical wisdom. If I go to Pastor Joe, he doesn't talk. But eventually, when he does say the few things that he does say, it's going to be the Word of God, and it's going to be something that just goes right upside of my head because it's so relevant. When I was struggling, we were we were struggling through something in our marriage early on in our walks, and Joe hit me with that: "You reap what you sow." I wanted to hit him. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, Ray. I was like, Are you kidding me? Because I was, I was like, I came into the church to clean the church, and he goes, What's wrong? I said, I felt like I could pick the church up and throw it across the street. And and let me tell you something. When you reap into adultery and you reap into pornography, and when that happens to you, the person shows back up in in someone's life and tries to make contact, and I get you reap what you sow. And I was like, are you kidding me? But then I had time to think about it. And I was like, you know what? From 17 years old, you've been reaping. You've been sowing into this thing. Did you not think after 22 years that you weren't going to pay a price for this? Yeah, I've forgiven you. But there's still repercussions of your sin that come from the world, that come from other people. God forgives. God's forgiveness forgets. That day, I prayed for that person who I wanted to kill. Before Christ, I, had, I was already looking at a gun, trying to figure out where he lived, and I was going to take that guy out. Very simple. But now I'm a Christian, and God wants me to handle it differently. And so all I did was, like, I confessed that sin because it had deep roots in here, and God was showing me that. But he's like, hey, you created the problem. This is what your disobedience did. There's repercussions. What do you want me to do? And all I could think was, you know what, Lord, he's yours. I want you to do what you've done to my family, which is to save my family. He's yours. And I can tell you, when you confess and you bring those problems, which you think you could never in your life pray for somebody who's hurt you so badly or done something to you, and you turn that over to God, it is, it is just freeing. It's like a weight being lifted off of you. And Joe, just, you reap what you sow. That's all I got out of me talking for 45 minutes. <laughs> I got that little piece of nugget and it hit me like, like it ripped my chest open. That's what the word of God does. It gets down to the, to the marrow. What are you going to do with it when it does that? The Holy Spirit already tells you what you need to do. You know already, but are you going to do it? 
And so what we learned from this real simple and we'll close out is, is when you're struggling, don't be like Abram. Don't be like Sarah. They, they, Abram would have spoken to his wife about what God had promised. So he should have he referred her back to the word of the Lord. There you go. It's time to quit. And he should have referred her back to the word of the Lord. But at the same time, he should have he should have tried to deal with the conflict instead of just going, "Hey, uh, hey, she's your handmaid, she's your mistress, your your maidservant. You deal with her however you want. I've done my job, right? That's how he is. So we we have to like point people to Christ, deal with conflict, like be honest, and 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 if somebody's hurt you, let them know, hey man, you hurt me. Things you said, things you did, I'm just letting you know." So that way it doesn't become a bigger thing, right? Uh, and that's and that's what, what I what I hope y'all get. And a leader has to speak. And a leader points people to God. And and without consistency and communication, a church will die. Okay? That's very important. For all of the ministries that we have in the church, there has to be consistency and communication. They go hand in hand. When those things start falling apart, different ministries, different things start happening. People start, didn't they do, didn't she say, didn't he, and then conflicts begin. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 